Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward. I'll be your host today. And again, I'm joined by Senior Pastor Phil Congdon. And today we're going to be looking at uh, a, a recent decision by the Supreme Court, the Dobbs decision, which essentially has returned the determination of states' rights to, I guess, decide whether or not they're going to have abortions. And and Phil, that's we're excited uh, as believers who appreciate uh, what the Bible has to say about the sanctity of life yeah. and and about the the fact that life begins at conception. We're excited about that. And uh, Phil, I, I kind of want to just turn it over to you and, and get well, your thoughts on everything. I want to talk to you, you know, through these things. I, I mean, you're, you're a lot younger than me. I can remember, although I must confess that uh, there was almost no news uh, in 1973 when the abortion decision was passed. Uh, back then, um, almost every state uh, had laws against abortion. That didn't mean that there weren't abortions. Uh, and I'm not talking here about back alley abortions. It meant that um, for in general circumstances, unless, for example, a mother, uh, her life was in danger, for right. example, uh, or something like that. There wasn't any soft, mushy, uh, you know, was she, her, it wasn't, is her finances too tight? Uh, you know, does her boyfriend not really want to have a baby? None of that. It was, uh, understood that there was a preservation of life. And, and that's why when this decision was made, the Roe v. Wade original decision was made, uh, it, at, at first, I, I don't remember there being any real outcry at all. In fact, there wasn't, I don't think, for a couple of years. Uh, and it was probably because most people thought, well, okay, that's just a, an exception where, you know, they're going to do that one or two times. But uh, it quickly became apparent that um, there were uh, forces that really wanted to kill unborn babies. This was big business, and immediately you had hundreds of thousands uh, uh, starting to be killed, and it and it continued to go up. And in the mid 1980s is when it really reached uh, the pinnacle, um, where you had a, a million and a half or, or more uh, being aborted, killed. Uh, let's call it what it is. Uh, and, and it was during that time, again, this is just a recitation for, for people, but uh, I personally and a lot of other people were awakened to this through uh, the work done by uh, Francis Schaeffer and C. Everett Koop. Dr. C. Everett Koop was the, uh, uh, he was the Surgeon General during the presidency of Ronald Reagan and was an outspoken clearly laying out what was happening, that this was legalized killing. And uh, they even produced a film series with uh, Frankie Schaefer, Francis Schaefer's son at the time, time they produced this film series called Whatever Happened to the Human Race. And uh, millions and millions who saw this were awakened to the fact that there was this killing going on. 
And it wasn't just Roe v. Wade. It was also the other decision, the Doe v. Bolton, I think is what it was called. Uh, and in this, um, if the first decision was unfounded, it was certainly unconstitutional. It has no basis in the Constitution. The second one was egregious. This was where the justices decided that right up until the point of a baby passing through the birth canal, uh, you, you can take its life, that it has no value. Uh, and the interesting thing is that there was a logical or philosophical uh, congruity here, because if a baby growing inside of a mother's womb is nothing but a, a you know a bunch of cells and you know a, a growth, uh, some kind of you know tumor, okay, there is no problem, but progressively, uh, it became very apparent this wasn't true. And then uh, the, the, the largest abortion provider in America, Bernard Nathanson, uh, uh, came out and made uh, a, an earth-shattering change. He came out against abortion and uh, produced a film called The Silent Scream which he showed an abortion, uh, and it, it, it appalled people. The only people it didn't appall were justices who were so smart in their brains that they could make a legal law, uh, a legal understanding based on uh, their assumption that an unborn baby was not a person. Uh, I think that the parallel to the Dred Scott decision in the 19th century is really precise. Mm -hmm. Those justices who made the Dred Scott decision were not stupid. They were intelligent. They were great lawyers. But they had just got a wrong premise. That premise was that a black person was not a person, not a full person, could be owned could be, you know, treated like property. And uh, here we have the exact same thing. Well, the interesting thing was, is that as, as the time went on through the, the years of Reagan's presidency and into the 1990s, there was a trend toward, uh, you know, abortion isn't something we want. Uh, uh, President Clinton, very famously, uh, said, I want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Right. And the idea was that that's way, you know, abortion, we, we don't want it to be a normal thing. We don't want it to be birth control. We don't want it to be something that, that you know, just promiscuity leads to, and so we get it taken care of. But there was also a philosophical flaw in what, in what, uh, President Clinton said, and that is, why do you want it to be rare? If it's just a tumor, if it's a bunch of cells, why does it need to be rare? Well, the thing was, is that we had now started to see the baby in the womb, and now you had all the sonograms coming, and they were starting to show that this was an actual living being. And now they had to change course because that was a baby. So now it was choice. 
Are you going to limit choice? Are you going to allow choice? And in in the years that have followed uh, postmodernism, uh, the relative truth um, has has caused a generation to be living in this uh, a collision course. Now, what happened in the Supreme Court is simply this: a law that was bad, a decision that was vapid, had no foundation, that was overturned. No foundation in our constitution. No foundation in our constitution. That's correct. But for uh, the battle for a society is still something that goes on. And in fact, is more important now than ever. That's one thing yeah. I wanted to ask you is wh where does the fight turn at this point? Because obviously this is not over. No. This is not, this is, this is still the law of the land uh, throughout most in, in, of our country. Well, in, what is it? I think 20, half the states have i think no restrictions or or you know basically an allowance on, on abortion and a yeah. couple of all, large states california and new york uh, have not only they have in, in put in laws uh, passed le um, legislative uh, decisions that make abortion legal to the moment of delivery and are even paying for abortions. Mm -hmm. And uh, since this decision, we've actually seen a number of states, uh, Democrat uh, states, let's call it what it is. Uh, I hope Democrats are not offended by the fact that we are saying that they are strongly pro-abortion and shame on every Christian, by the way, who, who votes for a Democrat knowing that that Democrat is going to kill babies or push to kill babies. That is not a political statement. That is a statement of, you're, uh, of supporting something that's immoral. And uh, I, in the same way, I would have said shame on the Lutheran church in the 1930s in Germany mm -hmm. for endorsing Adolf Hitler in his final solution. Yeah. That's shame on them as Christians. And we honor those Christians to this day who stood against that. And shame on uh, many Christians and churches in the United States and in the 1830s and 1840s actually supported uh, slavery on the basis of economy. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. That is abhorrent. And we honor those Christians who uh, rescued slaves and, uh, and uh, secreted them away to freedom. So th these are, this is uh, something that uh, you know, each Christian is going to have to deal with. And by the way, there are going to be some Christians, I think, who are going to say, well, you know, what about, you know, uh, some cases? You know, aren't there some cases where abortion is right? let's get rid of the word abortion and let's just start saying, okay, when is it okay to kill a child? Yeah. When is it okay to kill a child? And, you know, the child didn't do anything. It's not the child's fault. Uh, I was amazed 
to hear uh, one uh, Democrat, one liberal, uh, a woman on a news show talking about how she knows how difficult it is because she has a nephew who's Down syndrome. And and you shouldn't make somebody, um, you know, raise, you know, somebody like that. And I'm just thinking to myself, you hear what you're saying? Okay, well, let's let's check every kid. And if there's if there's anything, you know, like if, if they might have cancer or, you know, if we can look at their DNA and, and see that they're going to be autistic or anything. What do we, okay, what, what is the line where we say? It's eugenics. Yeah. It absolutely is. And of course, that's, it's ironic that the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, uh, was a racist. She was anti-black. She wanted to get rid of what she considered to be the lower class. Um, that's, that, that's the history of this. And we, we've got to get away from that. But Scripture for Christians who are watching this, and I, we understand, by the way, um, you know, if somebody who is um, leftist, progressive, uh, you know, you're, if, that, if that's your worldview, you're probably not listening to this because you listened to it for a minute and you said, I don't want to hear anymore. But that's not who we're really talking to. We're, we're talking to people who believe the Bible, people who, who know the Lord, um, people who want to live their lives in a godly way. And they're going to be struggling, I think, now, because for 50 years, all we had to do was say, I just think it's wrong, but we can't do anything. Because the Supreme Court has made it the law of the land. Now the Supreme Court has said, no, that isn't the law of the land. Mm -hmm. But it can be. And the question is, will we keep working to win people's hearts? If I were to ask you, you know, this is a question that every Christian ought to ask themselves. But if I were to ask you, you know, why am I pro-life? What are some reasons that you would give for why you're pro-life? I mean, I think you start with the the basic reason, which is that we're created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Men and women, we're, we're all created in the image of God. And and that's really kind of the the, the basis of our Constitution, too. Yeah. So it, it, it's funny how they, they go together. Oh, yeah, obviously. that must really make people angry. <laughs> uh, but, but it is true. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with yeah. a right and to rights. life. Yeah, that, that is a, that's a great place to start. And, uh, you know, maybe we don't even need to go any further than that. But uh, earlier when we were talking and you, you mentioned uh, John the Baptist, uh, you know, when he was in his mother's womb, uh, when, when Mary walked in on Elizabeth and uh, says that the baby leapt in her womb. Right. And uh, scripture says that he was filled with the spirit from his mother's womb. 
you, you don't fill a tumor with the spirit. It's a human being. It's a person. Um, I would also mention, I think it was Jeremiah. Uh, was it Jeremiah who uh, the Lord said that uh, before you were born, I knew you? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, David. David in the oh, Psalms. That's right. And another one. Uh, you know what I know? David, yeah, when um, I was knit together in my mother's womb. Yeah, the, the uh, Bible is just full of, like we talked about before, proof text yeah. that validates the assertion that, that those those innocent unborn children are are indeed children and that that they deserve to be protected Absolutely. and preserved. And I mean, that's where it stops for us as as believers. Yeah. There's not much like you said, there's not much more we can say to that. I, I was just thinking, even in this uh, the spirit, small s spirit of mm-hmm. this, um, when Jesus uh, you know gathered the children around mm-hmm. and said to his disciples and the the crowds, uh, suffer the little children. And forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, and if anyone offends one of these little ones, it's better for them that a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea. Jesus had a way of being very graphic uh, about things. And so the idea of children, the innocence of children, that was something that was important to uh, Jesus, and it was important to God. In Psalm 8, uh, out of the mouths, uh, you know, from the mouths of babes and suckling infants, God has ordained strength to still the enemy and the avenger. It's no wonder that throughout history uh, that pagan and godless uh, cultures have a, they do not honor babies and infants. They sacrifice them. Uh, they'll take their lives. Um, and I, in the law, for those people who are wondering, uh, did God ever really talk about this? Yes, he did. In Exodus uh, 21, you can read about this. Uh, it just talks about when uh, there are two men who are fighting. And one of them accidentally uh, strikes a woman. And the woman is pregnant. And it says, if there is no loss of life, then uh, I guess it was the wife of one of the men that you will, the the man who injured or uh, harmed the woman will pay whatever is required. But it says, if there's loss of life, if that baby is lost, it is life for life. In God's eyes, the unborn child is as human as you and me. And, you know, this we could talk about this a lot, um, but uh, we want Christians to be strong um, as, you, as you face the battles that are coming. Uh, whatever state you're in, if you're in one of those very, um, as they're called, blue states, where nothing is going to change with this Supreme Court decision, you're going to have 
Planned Parenthood and other abortion clinics and and so forth going on all the time. Uh, virtually nothing has changed for you. And then for the a lot of in a lot of ways, this hasn't changed for us either. Uh, even though we live in Texas, uh, and Texas may have a law that will uh, click in that will bring an end to most of these abortions. Uh, approximately half of the abortions now, and this is the reason why I think the numbers of abortions com- uh, that are actually um, performed physically um, have reduced by uh, almost half since the 1980s is because we have chemical abortion now. And you can send off and, I don't know, I obviously haven't done it yet, but you can get a pill or I think it's a, a regimen of three three or four pills or something. You take these and uh, it it causes the, the death of, of the baby. So what we need to be doing is we need to be directing people to a better hope. That there's a better, a better option than killing. That God who created life and gave life is a God who can also give you abundant life. That's where we come in. And uh, we we talk about assurance, and yeah. and this is this goes to God and His character. It does. And and you know, Phil, I'm just struck by the fact that. This court case, this decision by the Supreme Court, has has probably cast more of a light on the battle over abortion than ever before. Oh, no doubt. And and so people are are kind of coming to terms with the fact that there is such a battle. And and like you said, a lot of people, it seems like, you know, I remember I was in in college in the late '90s and. Uh, abortion wasn't really a hot ticket item back then. I, I didn't think much about it. It was um, just growing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was, but it was everywhere. It was pervasive more mm-hmm. than I, more than I think I realized back then. And, you know, there might be a lot of people that are listening in on this podcast and some of those folks, you may, you may be carrying around some baggage. You may be, you may have some guilt. You may have some, some experiences in life where, you know, this has affected you in a very personal way. And to that, I just want to say that, that God is a God of restoration, of Mm. redemption, of forgiveness. And that guilt, he can take that off of your shoulders and, and he can replace that with love and mercy and grace. And, uh, yeah, I just, I want to point that out because, we can sit here and, and those verses in the Bible are very real, that God abhors sin. He abhors things that are that hurt innocent life, but he loves mankind. He loves everyone who's within the sound of this podcast, everyone yeah. in the world, yeah. you know, all men. And we talk about that at this podcast are, have the opportunity to come before the father and, and to, to be his adopted daughters and and sons. And so if that's something that's affecting you before we kind of wrap things up, I just want to offer that, uh, that you may have come to a place in your life where you put your trust in God 
and and you're still battling with that guilt and that's okay give it to god mm-hmm. let him take that from your shoulders let him yeah. let him be your comforter and uh because there is forgiveness with him it's not it's not the end of the road you haven't done something that's unforgivable and i just yeah. want to try to bring that unity as we struggle because the battle is is not even close to being over I don't think it'll ever be over. It was this battle was raging in the time of Moloch, yeah. in the with the with the Old Testament uh, Israel, and it, it's still raging today. But there's there's a there's a God who offers redemption, who stepped out of eternity into this world, and that's why He came. So, abortion is not the unpardonable sin. Sure. <laughs> uh, and, you know, especially in our day, uh, there are obviously millions and millions of women who have um, allowed, elected perhaps, some have been pushed into it, uh, some regrets, but millions of women who have had an abortion. And to every one of them, the arms of Jesus Christ are open wide. The sacrifice that he made of his life on the cross is the shed blood that covers all our sin. First uh, John 2, 2 says that he is the propitiation, a long word. That means he's the payment for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So wherever, whoever you are, whatever you have done, this is the the wonderful thing. You recognize that you're a sinner. And instead of arguing against it and saying, well, I think it's okay because of this or that, just recognize that God didn't say when you committed an abortion, if you were a doctor or when you had an abortion performed on you and you had your child taken from you, when that happened, it wasn't as though God was saying, well, that's it. I'm finished with them. No. On a personal level, his offer of forgiveness, and that is utter, total forgiveness mm-hmm. through the blood of Jesus Christ is available. At the same time, let's understand that as a culture, uh, this is a battle for a culture, for a a nation, if you will. And that is that nations rise and fall. You look at human history, and when a nation turns against God and it willfully embraces that which dishonors God and is against God's will, then that nation is judged. We have all the illustrations of this that we want. But a nation that honors God, God will honor. And so for the sake of uh, ourselves as a a country and wherever, if some people are listening to this from other countries as well, you actually can do a great service for your culture, for your nation by standing up for life because you're standing up for God's truth. The God who created life. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He knows the best way. 
And we, we probably ought to just say, again, emphasize this to any, any woman right now who, who is afraid or hurting. Uh, that, if you're scared, maybe you're pregnant and you don't know what to do, um, contact a crisis pregnancy center. Uh, it, it, you can find these. There are hundreds and hundreds, thousands all over the United States in small towns and big towns. Uh, and there are people who want to help. Yes. And that child that you have inside of you, that amazing potential created in God's image, if you aren't able to, personally take on raising that child there are thousands and thousands who would love to adopt a child each one of us is adopted you know we were adopted into god's family um, and it's a wonderful thing to give the gift of adoption to your child too so look for for help there are millions of Christians here in America who want to help and who are standing up for life and who want to care for not just the children in the womb. They want to care for the born children and the mothers of children as well. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. That's, that's, that's key. And remember, God, the God who loves you, it is the same God who gives assurance. Okay. He, he doesn't want us to wonder whether we're really born or not he wants us to know that we're born and so these things i've written to you john wrote who believe on the name of the son of god in order that you may know that you are born and born spiritually and boy god wants you to be born spiritually and he wants your child to be born physically and so everything about life, God is pro-life. He's yes. the one who started it all. And uh, so we are just, we, we want to encourage Christians everywhere. Stand strong and stay true. Be loving, gracious, and stand for the truth. Amen. Thanks, all right. Phil. See you.